Just drink. I like it. I know. It's great, right? Another! <coughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Film on Tap, where we've got the tap that never runs out. Today, I'm, of course, joined by my awesome co-hosts, Andres and Nancy. But also today, we've got two very special guests. You might know them as Late to the Party. We know them as Robert and Vanessa, the wonderful duo that you guys love watching on YouTube, all of their amazing reaction videos. Robert, Vanessa, how are you guys today? Oh, bash. I love that whole tap that never runs dry thing, man. <laughs> Makes me thirsty. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're definitely aching for a cold one right now. I see it in your for face. For sure. Yeah, it's been a long week. <laughs> Oh it my will God! Be a so, longer week. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be about to be a longer week from you guys, from what you were telling me before the show. But sure. uh, luckily today we've got some amazing things to talk about. We've got some spoilery thoughts to talk about. Spoilery. There we go. That's how you say that <laughs> word. So today Spoiler. we're going to be talking all things Spider-Man: uh, No Way Home. I keep like getting so tempted to say Far From Home, and it's driving yes. me crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. anyone else having that problem? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I'm yeah, just we, sure we, it's not we discuss me. it. Yeah, no, we discussed it with the last episode with um, with Max, where he kept saying it was far right. from home. It's like, yeah, yeah it, they they just got they just got so locked into the three word thing yeah. going forward that it's just like, okay, you got to include home in there somewhere. It's like, <laughs> all right, I think I think we would have been okay excluding home from the title, but yeah, you know what? I mean, did you guys yeah. like when you guys did your uh, spoiler review? Like, did you guys like have to hold yourselves back from saying "Far from Home"? Like, did you have a little blooper action? <laughs> no, honestly, it's very possible that I could have said "Far from Home" and not even noticed gotcha. that I said that. I mean, every page I wrote notes to it, so oh this is Lord, every every page in the notebook is for <laughs> "No Way Home," and on every page I put "Say No Way Home" instead. No, I'm just oh, that's amazing. So, uh, a lot of thought an effort did go into talking about Spider-Man No Way Home and anytime gotcha. I said Spider-Man my brain automatically had to say well remember No Way Home so we did <laughs> I think I pretty just good. avoided it altogether yeah. oh okay so you like programmed yourself that's commendable yeah. <laughs> we should have done like a drinking game if anyone slips up everyone has to take oh. a drink Damn, that, that's a missed opportunity right there. Yeah. But uh just so everyone knows if you're listening to this, if you're watching this, if you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home, you might want to steer clear of this discussion because we're gonna be talking spoilers about the movie, talking about specific things that happen. So if you don't want the movie spoiled for you, obviously do not continue to watch or listen. But now that that spoiler warning is out of the way, let's start with Robert and Vanessa. What were your first before you get into specifics, like what were just your general thoughts? about the movie i so, loved it <laughs> i mean it was a, a very it was a very fortunate situation for us just going to watch this movie because every other time we would go to pretty much all the marvel big marvel movies and we knew this was going to be a big marvel movie um we've we've gone and watched it with you know the the huge the crowd, opening night crowd yeah. walking into the theater with our fingers in our ears so nobody can say anything right. and with the youtube channel now you know people come out of the word work and try to ruin things for you yeah but this time we were fortunate enough to be able to go to a private Press screening, press screening for it. For it. Oh, that's nice. uh, a few days before, a couple days before. Mm -hmm. So it was just so uh, fresh and and re relieving to be able to go watch and know that nobody was going to be able to spoil it for us because we right. saw the 
shitstorm that happened after it released uh, overseas. Right. And there mm-hmm. were just spoilers everywhere and thumbnails mm. and stuff. Yeah. But for, for us, man, it was like a sigh of relief to, to know that we were going to get to watch this movie and just go in completely spoiler free at that point. Which I was really excited about right. uh, when we, like, after we already saw it and we were going to go see it with the, the, you know, the crowd, the uh, day one, we're there crowd. Um, mm. Because we already seen it, I was fo- like I focused on the movie, but I was also paying attention to things that people were saying around us, like the cheers right. and stuff, just like mm-hmm. where the big pops were gonna be, and essentially we knew kind of where they were gonna be. But it was gotcha. a lot of fun. It They're changed, always a lot of fun. It changed the experience for us for sure in yeah. a in a good way. Yeah, just because we mm-hmm. got to experience it. Granted, we didn't get to experience it the first time with a big crowd. However, we did get to experience it with passionate fans that were critics that were sitting mm-hmm. in the same row. Zach yeah. Pope, one of our uh, cohorts in <laughs> film awesome. commentary. And uh, he, he was up in arms as much as we were. Yeah. I think my mm-hmm. hands were above my head the entire time. <laughs> but no, it was, it was great. And then getting to watch it opening night with everyone else and hearing those pops, like it was the most excited and anticipated movie in a long time that we've, you since know. Since Endgame. Yeah, since Endgame. Gotcha. And like, since you guys saw a uh, like a press screening a couple of nights before, like, uh, was it more muted when you saw the press screening? And then like, you know, obviously compared to the audience screening, which I'm sure was like uproarious, like, was it more muted? It was a little bit. We still had the cheers, like the pops, uh-huh. but they were very more like reserved, like golf clap, oh, okay. golf clap oh, kind just, of deal. Oh, yeah. You know, like <laughs> we were like, oh, like, like we, they would still hear like woos and stuff, but it was nothing like it was uh, when we were with the whole crowd. Uh, two points where there were certain moments where people were still cheering, so you can't really hear the dialogue yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit. So we were like, okay, well, I'm kind of glad we saw it beforehand. I mean, I get that they're excited, which is all cool. You know, like, uh-huh. it's so much fun to go and everyone is super excited. But it's like sometimes maybe they're going to say something that you're like, wait. There are certain movies in the moment, I feel like it was back-to-back, like, pops. And so they didn't have mm-hmm. time to, like, calm down. So they were <laughs> yeah. still, like, in that high. And then another right. thing happened. You're like, oh, no. It's oh, funny. <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm, I'm starting to get the sense that you guys maybe like the movie just a little bit. We saw it three times that weekend. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So you hated it. Got it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. How about you, Nancy? Did you, uh, did you enjoy the movie? Oh, I loved it. I, um... I didn't see it with a huge crowd purposely because I okay. actually was in Vegas the weekend it came out. Um, oh. So I was purposely trying to avoid a big crowd in Vegas. They're not, mm-hmm. you know, the best when it comes you. to COVID protocols. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I didn't see it with a huge crowd, but I think that was perfect for me because similar to what Vanessa was saying, it was loud enough where it was exciting but then it went back down where i can actually hear what was going on it wasn't too much um and it was uh, yeah i really really enjoyed it i think the whole time I, every time you know something would pop up that you know either i was anticipating or wasn't anticipating i was always mm-hmm. like ah! like just so excited <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and wanting to you know cheer for it um mm-hmm. oddly enough i don't know why the f- beginning of the film felt like lackluster to me but I think mm-hmm. maybe it was because it was a lot of what what we saw in the trailers. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, no, I don't know. Am I you know, not going to like this? Uh, I was very weary of like, no, I, I want to like right. this. Um, but to me, it just got better and better as the movie went on. So mm-hmm. I really, really liked it. Awesome. OK, so we're two for two so far. Andres, are you going to break the streak or are we going to go three for three? 
Oh, okay. oh no. That's it. Oh, no. oh, okay. Roger, I, I, I over here. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Can I, can I actually, can I actually say some stuff now? Oh, can, 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 okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> for, 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 for the, for the audience that doesn't know, uh, the moment that the movie came out, Nancy in our private chat or in our text chat was like, Andres, just respond thumbs up. That's yeah, it. I was like, don't say anything, because they both had seen it before me, and uh, you know, Channel Bash was saying, like, okay, what are we going to talk about in the show, and, you know, all this. I so I was like, don't respond with could. anything. Yeah. Respond only with the thumbs up. Don't even All, all I said was, like, we have to do, like, a full episode on it, and Nancy was like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, but pretty much the level of anticipation from from me for this film was super high because of the fact that Spider-Man is my favorite out of all the Marvel characters. Spider-Man to me is is the guy that that literally Marvel builds off of. And once you have a solid foundation with Spider-Man, you have a solid foundation for everybody. Mm-hmm. And also the the character means so much to me because I relate so much to Peter Parker. I relate so much to his struggle where it's like, you know what? Uh, for for the longest time, every day in freaking college, I would just refer to myself or refer to bad things that were happening as, oh, look, it's the old Parker luck. It's the old just, you know what, I never failed to fail type of thing. So mm-hmm. that character means so much to me in the pantheon of the Marvel Universe. And going into this, I thought Tom Holland is a great Peter Parker and a great Spider-Man. I just kind of felt like the writing in Homecoming and also the writing in Far From Home kind of felt like they they accepted all the positive elements of Spider-Man, but they never gave you the one key element, which is the feeling of guilt, the feeling of the responsibility that sets in when you have these powers and what it does not only to you, but what it does to everyone else around you, whether you like it or not people will be affected. And I kind of felt like those first two movies, they were solid, but they, for some reason, still didn't feel like Spider-Man films. Going into this one, as soon as I came out, the first thing I had in mind was John Watts did a very ballsy thing in terms of presenting us an origin story that didn't take one movie, but took three movies, or if you want to count the Avengers films as well, and Civil War, mm-hmm. took five movies to get to the Spider-Man that we know in the in the pantheon of Marvel, and the Spider-Man that truly feels like the one that's straight from the comics. And just coming out of this, I just went, wow, wow. I, I absolutely loved it from top to bottom. Top to bottom, oh, I loved it. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat as all you guys. As I, Spider-Man's my favorite comic book character, period. Grew up loving Spider-Man. The love has only grown and grown and grown. And as a Spider-Man fan, like, I really can't think of a better way to do this kind of live-action Spider-Man film. On paper, I thought this was going to be a complete mess. Even the trailers, I was still getting worried because I'm like, are there going to be too many villains? Is Spider-Man going to get kind of lost in the shuffle? Is he going to play second fiddle to all these villains uh, and all these new characters that are being introduced? And luckily, I thought it was the most Spider-Man movie we've gotten with Tom Holland, where I felt like he had the most time to shine, the most time to really show his chops as Spider-Man. Because up until this point, I've liked him as Spider-Man, but I haven't loved him, like loved, loved him as Spider-Man. But this was the movie that like really sealed the deal for me, where... 
by the end of the movie, I was completely on board. I was tearing up. I was absolutely rooting for him. And I was like, this is the most I've you know liked him as this character. And like Andre said, it was like a three-part origin story that we didn't even know was a three-part origin story. And when it finally hit its feet at the end and just nailed that landing, it was just like, wow, they really did something special here. But now we got to take our gentleman caps off and we got to talk spoilers, people. So I'm going to start with Nancy on this one. Like, what, what were some of your highlights of the movie? Like, you know, like, what were some of those things that kind of made you giddy, made you really happy? Like, let the people know. I think definitely Doc Ock. Like I said last time, Doc Ock is definitely <laughs> one of my favorite in mm-hmm. all of the movies that I've seen. So to see him come back, I was just so happy for not only the character itself, but I love Alfred Molina as a person. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it was really good to see him back. And I like that, how they incorporated everyone. I was thinking it was going to be more like cameo, cameo, cameo. Um, But Mm -hmm. they really became part of the plot, which I liked. And then of course, okay, Aunt May dying. I, my, my emotions through that whole thing was... You know, she gets hit by the glider. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I I really thought they were going to kill off Aunt May there for a second. <laughs> Good thing they did it. And then as soon as she says the line, you know, the infamous line, I was like, oh, no. That can't be good. No, <laughs> nothing good oh, comes no. of that line. And then sure enough, she, you know, obviously she passes away after that. But I was like, oh, no. Um, but that was definitely a, a roller coaster of emotions. I really thought it was like, oh, she got up like nothing. She's fine. We're going to move on. But to see mm-hmm. it come again, full circle, where, you know, she's passing away, which fits in really well with uh, Tobey Maguire's character, obviously, and his version of Spider-Man. And mm-hmm. I think that is one of the things that I really loved was Tobey Maguire almost coming in as like an older mentor Spider-Man um, mm-hmm. to Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield um, and kind of being like almost like the older wiser Spider-Man of like hey this is what it's going to yeah. look like if you continue to be Spider-Man um, but I really like that and for some reason for me the whole scene where he stops him from murdering the Green oh, Goblin is more yeah. emotional to me than Aunt May for some reason I think mm-hmm. it was just like again you kind of uh, Tobey Maguire is kind of seeing himself in this and trying to prevent him from kind of doing what he did in you know his franchise um, but yeah those were like the two big ones that stand out to me and Willem Dafoe in general oh my gosh the best if he could somehow get an award for this or all the awards <laughs> I would want him to he was so good in this and what I liked is we got to see more of uh we got to see more of, um, like, I keep wanting to say Green Goblin. What's his actual name? Uh, Norman Osborn? Norman? Yes, Norman Osborn. We got to see more of Norman Osborn, where his mind is going a little bit, and he's kind of this fragile character, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to Spider-Man 2, where we're seeing more of the Green Goblin side of him. So I like that we got to see that juxtaposition, and then him switching on a dime again uh, was so good. And one more thing. Uh, when he's punching him in the face, <laughs> and that, oh my God. just starts cr- like cracking up, laughing, and cackling in his face, I was like, "Oh, Willem Dafoe is a freaking genius! I love him. He's <laughs> yeah, so good." Right but yeah, those were those were my highlights of the movie. Awesome. All right, Andres, how about you? You're already looking like you're super smiley. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, Willem Dafoe is one of the highlights of the film. In, in fact, I would actually refer to Defoe as probably 
the linchpin out of all the villains. Like, he, for me, is Mm -hmm. the centerpiece around everything. And for him being the centerpiece villain, I don't think he's ever been better than when he was... I mean, I don't think he's ever been better as the Goblin than he was in this film. Just in terms of being able to stab that knife and twist it to the character, not not only the character of Peter Parker in Tom Holland's version, but just a character that he has no affiliation with whatsoever, has no emotional connection with, and yet he's still this vicious, vindictive bastard that the Goblin is. And he captured it so perfectly. Like my mm-hmm. my favorite bit with Defoe is when he's just standing there on the Liberty Shield with Tom Holland. And he goes, "Oh, you were too weak, too weak to send me back." <laughs> and then and then and then Tom Holland just comes out and just goes, "Nah, I just wanted you here so I can kill you myself." And then and then the and then his face switches and he goes. Attaboy. I'm like, oh, man. So good. So good. But And he has an age. He looks the same same. age. It's ridiculous. Yes. Does he he look the same, or are we seeing some of the best de-aging that the business has given us? I was wondering if they did the de-aging with him, too, because I know they did it with Alfred Molina. I was curious if they did it with Norman. Yeah, they had done it with Norman. They had done it with Molina. Um... And th- those are really the only two that I see so far. And I think pretty much the only reason why we only got to see Recyphrins and Thomas Hayne Church in the way that they are is because they just didn't want to spend any more money de-aging them. They were just like, that's no, yeah, we'll fair. just we'll just use the CG elements that we built for them. And that's it. We're good. <laughs> but But in terms of other highlights in the film... Oh my goodness! I don't know how they. I mean, if we're able to get in the spoiler territory about one of the. I mean, biggest, we've been there, man. Let's go. <laughs> uh, oh man, about, about one of the biggest secrets that has ever that has ever been tried to keep been kept about this franchise, whether or not Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in the film, they are in the <laughs> film. I right off the bat, they're in the film, but. Andrew Garfield, to me, seemed like a great Peter Parker, but again, like Tom Holland, he just didn't have the writing behind him, and Sony really mismanaged that series to oblivion. For me, Andrew Garfield is my favorite element about this film entirely. I mean, just the way they were able to basically just delve back into his character and see what that hurt and what that pain does to somebody, and how they're still able to keep going forward... And oh my god, the the the, the one scene that that almost, that had me tear up in the entire movie was when he talks about um, that he lost MJ, that he lost Gwen, who was his MJ, as he says it. And then there's that moment where all of a sudden, you know, uh, MJ falls off the the Statue of Liberty. Oh, Tom Holland's about to go off and save her. Wait, mm-hmm. the goblin just swooped in and took him away? Oh my god, he's actually gonna kill her! And then all of a sudden, Garfield comes in with the swoop, catches her, and then as soon as he lands, the performance on Andrew Garfield is phenomenal because it spells out so much about all the stuff that he's going through, but then at the same time, it's giving us closure for his mm-hmm. character. He, he made a huge mistake, and he finally felt like, for once, he compensated for that mistake, or at least found a way to to deal with it and to grieve with it. And that, to me, just made 
Amazing Spider-Man 1 and Amazing Spider-Man 2 just that much a little bit more a little bit more better for me. The, the, granted, they're still very flawed films to a certain extent. I love the first Amazing Spider-Man. S- Amazing Spider-Man 2 is kind of a little shaky in certain points, but this film does what a really great film does whenever you bring back a character. It enriches, it enhances, and it gives you more of the character that you frankly couldn't give two shits about out of all the versions. And they also play on the fact where he's like, guys, I'm kind of the lame Spider-Man here. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. Where's all this negative talk coming from? <laughs> you are amazing. <laughs> like, oh my God. This scene was fantastic. So good. So, fa- so fantastic. And just a major wink to the audience. Uh, so for me, the biggest highlight was Andrew Garfield. I mean, again, Tom Holland shined so well in this movie as Peter Parker. But And same thing as Tobey Maguire. Everyone did great, but when I think of the moment that really got me, it's Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. Can I just Absolutely. say, too, I, confession, haven't seen Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movie, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I knew it happened. Like, I already knew what happened in the movies. Um, okay. But I watched Tick, Tick, Boom shortly before I watched oh. Um, oh, that's a great movie. No Way Home. Uh, so... For me, a little bit, when Andrew Garfield first came on screen, he seemed like his Tick, Tick, Boom character for, like, a second. Yeah. Like, okay, this feels a little weird. And then, I, and then it, it got better for, for me, at least. Uh, and I'm sure that has to do with, like, not seeing the other ones and just watching Tick, Tick, Boom before. So. Gotcha. Oh, oh yeah. My God. And, 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 to, and to also even add on more of Garfield's portrayal in this film, like, it kind of felt like the... It kind of felt like the storytellers really did know that, you know what, in terms of the pantheon, the Spider-Man actors, he's probably kind of the one that people, people sort of like to throw shit on for lack of a better word. And so, and and so there's sort of like a, there's sort of like a, um, an awareness of that, even in Andrew Garfield's character where he's like, Oh man, you know, I kind of suck. Oh, I want to fight aliens and all this other stuff. But my favorite moment is when, is when they're all trying to, they're all trying to sync up all their movements with each other. And it's like, all right, I'm Peter one. All right. You're Peter two, Peter three. I'm like, Oh, yep. Peter three. Oh my God. Robert, Vanessa, how about you guys? What were your big highlights? I feel like you guys have been waiting. Let's go. Oh yes. Uh, Give it to us. So my one that really hit it home for me where I was like, okay, this is probably my favorite Spider-Man movie was the condo scene, was the fight scene in the condo. And it all started at the beginning, you know, where uh, Tom Holland's Peter is getting the tingle and he's just kind of like wary of everybody in there. And then, of course, you know, Mm -hmm. he does the thing to Norman uh, and then he changes himself in that moment, in that line where he's like, Norman's on sabbatical, (laughs) 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 Like, that was so good. And then, like, what Nancy's saying, like, when he was hitting him and he was just, like, slowly having this smile on his face, you're just like... Oh my god, like, I just love that they did get rid of the mask, like, he destroyed the mask, and, like, he was able to, you know, be the goblin in that moment and Mm -hmm. not have to be behind a mask, which was Mm -hmm. amazing, and I love the outfit that he had, too, so that was really good. Ended up getting tattered the horn as time went by, and then all the suplexes and freaking power slams and everything in the hallways through the floors. So good. Peter trying to escape Ooh. through the window and Lizard beating his ass I right back in. I consequences. <laughs> right back into Norman Osborn. Yeah. Like a lumberjack match. It was like a wrestling Ooh. battle royale mm-hmm. between Peter and the Green Goblin once again. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, yeah, that scene definitely was hype. But I have, well, I have another scene that I really, really like too. And it, it has to do with Andrew. <laughs> so Andrew, and I've, I've said this before too, uh, but Andrew is probably my favorite Spider-Man. Okay. I love the way his take of Spider-Man. Not so much as Peter Parker, but his Spider-Man. I absolutely love it. But when they're on the rooftop and they're talking about, like, you know, their different things that have happened to him. I love his, like, his emotional bit when he was like, you know, I stopped throwing my punches. I was rageful. I got bitter. And I was like, I want to see that. I want to see, you know, Mm -hmm. bitter Andrew and then see him overcome it. But I love that whole scene. I feel like if we were I think to, I cried in that scene, too. If we were to go back, though, to mm-hmm. Andrew's universe and get more films with him, I feel like it would be post this. I'm post sure. This, no, like, I'm sure. This is probably him overcoming it. Right, you know? right, right. I'm sure. But Which breaks my heart, because I'd rather see him kicking some major <laughs> right. ass in his universe. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's I, I want to see him battle some aliens. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Well, did, isn't that the rumor, though? Isn't that where yeah, speculation that is too. headed that he's going to end up fighting Venom? So, I mean, if Venom ends up being in his universe, like, it's going to be, you know, hopefully Tom Hardy gets, you know, a little more help from yeah. the. Because uh, Tom Hardy is amazing. So yeah. just let the movie around him be better. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I feel like if you throw it in with Andrew Garfield, we could have some fun. We yeah. can have some fun there. I think there. you can. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, we knew this movie was going to be, um, everything we wanted it to be. The second Charlie Cox showed up. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, that was the big, huge first pop. And as Nancy said, you know, the beginning of the movie, um, in my opinion, it's frantic, it's manic in the best way. I loved it. Like I, I, con- I loved the way Starting that they off. sped through everything so quickly. But eventually, mm-hmm. it does take a breath, and it takes a breath at that table when you see the guiding stick. And as soon as oh, we good. saw that, you knew the people that were initiated obviously knew. So you, oh, 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 you hear the ramp up, and then when it shows, <laughs> you know, Charlie Cox, when it shows him in his full Daredevil glory, uh, or not Daredevil, Matt but at Murdoch least his Matt Murdock glory with the glasses, <laughs> mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's you know, it's a spitting image of how we left him in Netflix. Uh, yeah, man, that's like I, I was like, okay, things are happening, things are happening. Like you're starting to just get so excited that they're bringing in the characters, and I know. Nancy, your brother, I heard your brother talking about this. He's not a fan of the Netflix characters coming over. I'm a fan of the Netflix actors coming over to play those characters in the MCU. You don't Mm -hmm. need to bring everything that came with those shows over to this universe. You had a great Charlie Cox. Unfortunately, that all fell down with Perlmutter and Netflix, and now they're doing their own thing. You cast the right people. If you cast the right people... Why mm-hmm. would you just throw them away and recast because it's a different yeah. world when you're starting to combine all the universes anyways? So let's just bring the guy who did a damn good job of of playing Daredevil and is beloved by everybody for playing Daredevil. So Charlie Cox, so the second he showed up <laughs> and you get a taste of that Daredevil I know, showing magic. Showing up so uh, Spider-Man spider tingle with his reflexes. <laughs> I love that. It was so good. Like, he was so just good. like, dang. Yeah. <laughs> He's a really good that? lawyer. I'm, I'm a really good lawyer. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that whole oh, scene man. with Happy Hogan, too, because, you know, Happy Hogan, Happy Hogan 
John Favreau played Foggy Nelson in the Daredevil yeah. with Ben Affleck. So yeah. to have him sitting at a table once again with Daredevil with Matt Murdock, like oh, it's such, a, and he gives us that Goodfellas line where he says like, hey, it's not a criminal, the thing in Goodfellas, the thing in Goodfellas, like oh, it's so Favreau, it's so happy. But we got Matt Murdock joining up with Remember the crew. Remember that really old movie, uh, Goodfellas. Yeah, no. It's one of the things I don't like about Tom Holland's Peter Parker. The man would not say, remember that old movie with the big giant walker thingies? No. (laughs) Tom Hart or... or, uh, uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland, if he were truly a Star Wars fan and a kid who's in love with Star Wars to the point where he's got Lego Death Stars and he's building them and all this stuff would catch everyone off guard by throwing the accurate stuff at them. Like, remember in Empire Strikes Back when the Adat came through? And, and, and they'd be like, what is he talking about? Like, what is this kid talking <laughs> That's how it should have been. He right. shouldn't yeah. have had to dumb it down for them. He should have just given us all the specifics. And, and then the audience who doesn't know is like, wait, what's he talking That's about? That's Gen Z coming out. Nah, man, yeah. he, he, he should have been able to throw out those <laughs> references. But... In this one, another solid movie reference with Goodfellas. So, yeah, man, that Daredevil scene got me hyped because we knew. And it also, it gave us an inkling of what was to come later in the movie because he showed up and there were leaks and stuff. So, unfortunately, right. uh, it started va- valid- adding validity Validation. Yeah, to validity. things that were said. Yeah. By other people that leaks us. There's so many good moments in this movie. I mean, there's like, what are you (laughs) just talking about all these moments? I'm like, oh man, I just want to see it again. And I've still only seen it like the one time. I've been like meaning to go back, but I just like, ugh. But like, I have to say, like, uh, I I think it was the, the day of actually seeing the movie. I like went on YouTube for like a split second. And of course, the first thing I see, I see like a portal and I see a familiar face. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. we're not like people did not hesitate at all to spoil this movie, which is really yeah, TikTok is probably so, the worst. <laughs> which, which, which also gives you a great look at to as to what other countries go through whenever we get movies early and everyone just starts mm-hmm. spoiling shit right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, guys. That's why I say be better. I, I would hope that the companies would look at this right. scenario and realize that they need to they need to release them at the same as time. best as they can at the right. same time. Now, I understand mm-hmm. there's regulations, mm-hmm. and certain countries are like, "No, nah, we can't do it," right. or they want to delay it till they can go through and change things. But granted, uh, this was kind of an, a weird time too, because you know with the pandemic and everything. Of course, as well, but so, they yeah. did it two days earlier. It's like, what are you doing? Or one day earlier? Like that's yeah. why? <laughs> why? Something. Why not just wait? the day and let I mean, it get released with everywhere. time zones and stuff people are still gonna see it sooner but yeah no right day later for them a day later would match up you know it's like a universal really look at I netflix guess. netflix okay. releases it across <laughs> but the even globe then, at the same like time a certain time here it's gonna be a certain time over there yeah, exactly so <laughs> so you're gonna have it like what seven o'clock here and then like i don't know how time what do they do for netflix in. for the show they're gonna just figure this out and they're just gonna pitch it the uk the uk gets to watch it at like 1 p.m so that's true but guys, hours guys, is different than days. 
Guys, I have a, I have a pitch for an after show for this. Uh, late to the party and the time zones of madness. How's that, guys? <laughs> there you go. Can't trust it. Because we stay up till one in the morning, and I feel bad for the Ooh. East Coasters for all the Netflix and Disney Plus stuff. Like we trust us, time zones are a big deal in our. I household. mean, when yeah. daylight saving times happens, we're on. Pacific yeah, we're the same time, as Pacific. So then it's midnight, but then when we're not on it, we're with Mountain Time because we don't deal with daylight savings time in Arizona. Yeah, the Arizona's progressive in that way. They're just like, yeah, you know what, you guys, we're not doing time changes. Screw yeah, that. Be- Stick to whatever it is. That's okay. fine. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm on the East Coast. So, like, for me, like, you know, obviously Pacific time, it's like midnight. For me, it's like 3 a.m. So, I think the one time, I think when WandaVision came out, I was like, you know what? I'm going to rally. I'm going to stay up till 3 a.m. And then I'm going to review it right after. Pulled through, did it. But literally, my re- review is like, yeah, finale of WandaVision. Really, really, really solid stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, as an East Coaster, it is so difficult to stay up that way. I'm so envious of people on the West Coast. <laughs> It is kind of kind of weird that you know it's like Los Angeles. This is really just for you guys, everybody yeah. else, whatever. I know. I feel everybody like else wants you just move midnight on East Coast and then just drop for us whenever it drops on the East Coast. Yeah, see that the the first parts of the country that get midnight. That's when it should be. So that way, the rest of us can watch it at you know. We'll be at ten. Ten mm-hmm. instead of get one a review out by midnight. but like i I want to ask you guys this because when i saw the movie i was just it was one of the best theater experiences i had had in who knows how long like it had been so long since i'd been in a movie theater where there were that many pops where there were that many applause breaks there were people who like literally gave standing ovations because of how happy they were in the theater which was like it made me so happy and literally there was a moment where I said out loud to myself and I didn't think I said it out loud. I thought it was an inside thought. <laughs> and I would always said like, like I, this is everything I need. Like, and literally the, like there was a woman next to me and she just like looked at me and just laughed. I was like, you know what? You, you're feeling the same thing. Like, don't, don't tell me you're not like, it was just like, there was a moment, yeah. like, especially I think it was like when all three Spider-Men are just like in the lab concocting their own like things, doing their own little projects where I was like, is this happening? Like, is this like, is this actually happening on like big screen? Like, is is this real life? Like, is this actually like a thing that is existing right now? And it was just like, I had never felt that like happy as like a Spider-Man fan. I was like, this is everything I could possibly dream of. And somehow they're giving me everything I want, everything I need. The cameos don't really feel like cameos. They like gave them substantial roles. You know, everyone has a moment to shine. And like you said, like Andrew Garfield is like the MVP Spider-Man in the movie in my eyes where he shows up. And he's not only like endlessly charismatic and super fun and charming, but he's bringing that heartbreak with him. You could see it in his eyes, the way he carries himself. And that whole moment with Gwen, unbelievably heartbreaking. And it made me like the best thing it did for him was like it made me want to rewatch the Amazing Spider-Man movies. And that's like yeah. a, that's like a big ask for me because I really didn't like those movies. But, I, you know, I rewatched the first one recently and I enjoyed it a lot more than I did when I saw it back in, you know, theaters. I think back in 2012, I think that's when that movie came out. And I think it was just because I was just like so salty after like Spider-Man 4 never happened that I was like reluctant to give him a chance where I was just kind of like, eh, I don't know. You're like this cool skater boy, Peter Parker. I don't really know how I feel about that. Uh, But I always thought he was like a great Spider-Man and easily the best part of both of those movies. So to see him shine here, amazing. You know, um, Willem Dafoe is incredible in the movie. Uh, 
I have to say, uh, who who else was really? I, I love Benedict Cumberbatch. I still think he's a great Doctor Strange, and I feel like he's kind of getting a little bit overshadowed, like in the talks of this movie. Like I thought he was a lot of fun, especially in that first hour. It felt like a Spider-Man Doctor Strange movie, which was sick. Especially when Spider-Man like enters Doctor Strange's mirror universe, which was incredible. The way he's able to use like geometry in order to like get out of it and trap Doctor Strange. <laughs> I thought that was. Fun. He's like, oh, it's just math, you know, it's just geometry. And I was like, oh. Oh my god, this is such a Spider-Man moment. I love every bit of this. Um, but it's just like from beginnings, and even I know a lot of people they were complaining about the first hour of the movie, but I didn't really like have any complaints with it. Like I thought it moved really nicely. Yeah, there was a lot of footage in there we had seen before, but I didn't really find it to be clunky or anything. It was exciting. And then when the villains show up, it's like, oh, okay, that's when the movie like shifts into a high gear and becomes even better, and it just gets better and better from there. I mean, just seeing all the three Spider-Men swinging in unison was like. Just one of those moments where, like, as like I was alive for this moment, I was here in 2021, <laughs> and I saw this, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But, like, as a Spider-Man fan, I think we all were just really pleased with the movie, and that's amazing to see. And, of course, there were a couple credit scenes, but I think we were all kind of surprised when the second credit scene happened. And what we thought was just going to be a clip from the next Doctor Strange movie actually turned out to be a trailer for the next Doctor Strange movie. So we got our big first look at the movie what did we think let's start with robert and vanessa like were you really hyped about this tease that we got for the movie yeah uh dr strange in the multiverse madness ever since san diego comic-con it was probably my most anticipated <laughs> uh movie to come out of phase four so far mm -hmm. uh i mean i love spider-man but this is like the one because i love like multiverse i love going into different dimensions and stuff like that and then wanda i absolutely love scarlet witch yep. uh she's probably my favorite character so to to bring her back in into the fray and maybe see a little bit more of her and a little bit more of the darker side of what you know what she can do I am super excited about that. And the fact we get a Doctor Strange. I like the first Doctor Strange movie, so going and doing more in this one mm -hmm. is going to be a lot of fun. I just like the fact that they did what they did before, kind of with Captain America, the first Avenger, where they utilize a trailer in the post credit scenes to kind of anticipate you, to kind of get you hyped for what's mm -hmm. to come by giving us the Avengers trailer. Mm -hmm. So I love that this one was, you know, the Multiverse of Madness trailer, because that's what's coming, and use it for the Doctor Strange will return moment. Um, because, I mean, we're the trailers are our game. That's what right. we do. That's what we love. So, mm -hmm. granted, yeah, we missed out on a genuine reaction to uh, an actual, you know, trailer that would have done great online. But we didn't even care. Like, we know some of the other reactors were like, we didn't look at it. We looked down. I was like, no, screw that. Like, <laughs> I sacrificed the views. <laughs> I sacrificed the views because I wanted to see it in the moment with the energy and everyone screaming and yelling what was going on in front of us. Like, I had to witness it that way. And we ended up doing a breakdown of it. Right. But we're highly inaccurate that's, breakdown, that's... but breakdown nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, we still got our, some stuff in there. But a lot of crazy I think stuff. what my favorite. Well, my favorite, it's a very small moment, but my favorite moment is when Dr. Strange is in the, in the field talking to Wanda and they mentioned Westview. Like the fact mm -hmm. that he was mm -hmm. like, I'm not here to talk about Westview. I'm like, yes, right. like bring in the Disney plus shows into, uh, into the MCU, like on the big screen and stuff. So that was what I really liked. So that WandaVision is probably my favorite Disney plus show so far. So the mm -hmm. fact that we're like, I'm not here for Westview. I'm like, ha ha. <laughs> Awesome. Nancy, how about you? What did you think of the trailer? 
What's funny, I was going to say the exact same thing that Vanessa said in terms of I really love that, you know, he shows up and Wanda's like, oh, yeah, I've done some bad things. He's like, no, 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 we don't care about that. (laughs) We we got other things to worry about here. Um, So, yeah, I'm super excited about it. I get it's the same exact thing Vanessa said. I love, you know, the whole multiverse and, you know, going to the other dimensions and stuff. Uh, And, yeah, I really like that they ended up doing a trailer instead of just, like, a quick little teaser or something like that. Um, Scarlet Witch is probably one of my favorites as well. I think when she really hooked me was when, um, uh, I, I'm so bad with names, but what's his face <laughs> is, a you know, she's going to kill him in, um, age of Ultron. And he, she says, he says something like, um, like you'll kill yourself or you'll kill everyone or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. and then she refers to her brother basically saying like, you already killed me a part of me because you took my brother. I think that was like when what did it for me that was like, okay, I really like her. Um, oh, when she rips you know, out Ultron's a, like was that? Artif- when she rips out Ultron's yes. artificial heart. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um and you know, obviously having a relatively close relationship with my brother, I felt that. I was like, yes, I would do the exact same thing. <laughs> I'm going into, you know, WandaVision even though people were complaining of like, oh, it's another story of a woman, you know, getting upset and getting angry and then she's going crazy because she lost a loved one. Even though we see that's not exactly the case, I wouldn't have faulted her for doing that because, man, she's gone through a lot. And now I like this kind of turn that she, you know, kind of took her powers into her own hands and are, you know, doing all these new things with her powers. Um, Because we saw at the end of WandaVision, she was doing, I don't know, she was sitting there doing all the little thingies yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. she's, doing thingies. <laughs> she's doing the thingies um so i'm interested how they see you know how they bring that into this new movie if you know she's got some got some new powers now yeah all right andres what about you man what do you think well i've been excited like vanessa and robert have said since being over at that panel over in san diego and seeing kevin Feige come out with scott derrickson and show what the title is and just feeling that energy in the room just go like, holy crap, now we're going into the multiverse. Fantastic. But this is still back when Derrickson was still involved. And one of my favorite things was Kevin Feige uh, saying, it's going to be the first MCU horror film. And then you could hear someone in the audience yell out, <laughs> R-rated! And then Kevin Feige just looks at and goes, no, nope. it will be PG-13 <laughs> and you will like it. <laughs> so my anticipation for this was so high up because I also, I love the idea of Doctor Strange and him going into a much more of a, of a horror universe. And then the announcement of Scott Derrickson dropping from the project kind of got me a little sad only one way you can make it better, hire Sam Raimi to come back. So the mm-hmm. fact that this is Sam Raimi's first MCU movie, but his return to Marvel got me really excited for it. And everything I saw on that screen, holy crap. I'm I'm so over the moon excited for this. In terms of also bringing in some of the weirder elements of the Doctor Strange mythos, uh, I mean, come on. We finally got a trailer where you introduced Sue Magorath. I mean, the freaking the freaking squid in Marvel vs. Capcom, guys, is in this movie, all right? <laughs> just let that sink in for a second. And um, and then also just, just knowing that... Uh, the relationship between Strange and Wong is going to be much more intricate in this, but also the thing that gets me so 
really excited about this is seeing what Strange and Mordo's relationship is going forward. Because Mordo, I mean, Mordo looks like he's been through he's been through hell and back now. And I can't wait to see that relationship develop and see mm-hmm. how it falls apart and how it it even gets twisty even more. And also with the fact that Mordo is so just so just gung-ho on this belief that you should not tamper with things the way they were meant to be done. And to see a character who's just going, oh, you know what? I'm just going to tamper here. I'm just going to use a spell here to, for my buddy. Oh, wait, what what buddy? Wait, what am I doing? I, you know, but anyway, <laughs> um, it's it's just going to be it's just going to be really interesting to see all this stuff go forward. I mean, I was less excited about the whole introduction of the evil Doctor Strange more than anything else, because I feel like we've already kind of been there with uh, What If, which apparently some of the writers for What If actually revealed that certain of their ideas for that episode had to be augmented or had to be changed up because of the fact that uh, Derrickson and Sam Raimi all had different ideas of what to do with that, you know, with that evil version of Strange. So Mm -hmm. I just, it's just going to be really interesting to see where this movie falls in and how... It ultimately, and this is the thing that people keep forgetting about this in particular since that Comic-Con panel, is that Kevin Feige has said that after this film, this film will change what the MCU is entirely going forward. It, it, it's it's apparently supposed to really not damage the universe, but really splinter the universe in a way that we've never seen before. And that gets me really excited. So, yeah, Mutants. I'm so on board. <laughs> Can't wait. Mutates. I mean, I like I was so blown away by this. I mean, I was optimistic going into this trailer because it was a movie I've been hyped about ever since it was first announced. But seeing Raimi's like visual flair on full display, he has not lost a touch of his brilliance. I mean, if you think especially after rewatching those first three Raimi Spider-Man movies like uh, a couple months ago, just the way he films those movies is just so unique. Like he's coming at it from almost a horror perspective in certain scenes, especially that like operating scene in Spider-Man 2 with Doc Ock, which is just pure. Pure horror, which is one of the best scenes in any Spider-Man movie ever, full stop. But I just love what he's doing here. He's delivering, you know, those Doctor Strange visuals that we've all come to know, expect, and love. He's expanding on them a little bit. There's definitely some horror elements at play, which feel very Raimi. I feel like if there was a project in the MCU for him to tackle, this is the perfect one for him to come on board and do. And just, I know you said you didn't like the introduction of evil Doctor Strange, but it was just something about that delivery of things got out of hand. Where it just like, it got me really hyped. Where I was like. It could be the same Doctor Strange from What If, but maybe he's been through some other shit that we don't know about. Because I know in the trailer, yeah. like they show like a little brief glimpse of like uh, Doctor Strange kind of watching uh, his Rachel McAdams character from the first movie, like getting married to someone else. And I was like, ooh, I wonder how that's going to play into things. And it just there was a lot of tantalizing glimpses, like Mordo so happy that he's the like the main villain in this movie because they teased that in the original movie i, I want to see the friction of that relationship and that how that factors into things seeing wanda come into it because i actually thought wanda might be like one of the big villains in the movie and she still could be obviously because she's not entirely good you know she has some evil tendencies but i just think seeing her and dr strange have some sort of team up in this movie is going to be really freaking cool and i cannot wait for that i mean was there like any like what was like kind of the standout in the trailer for you guys like 
anything that was really kind of jumping out of you? So for me, what I really liked uh, is the scene where Wanda is hovering and she's kind of, you know, doing her thing. But you can see that her hands or her tips of her fingers are getting black. And that oh. was very reminiscent of what uh, Agatha had, too. Like, her hands were, like, all black mm. right here, too. So it's like okay. the mm -hmm. the effects that... Uh, as as she gets more into uh, the dark hold, that she is starting to you know get into some things that maybe she shouldn't be getting into, and it's starting to you know take a hold of her a little bit. I love the some of the tweaks that they did to her costume, um, but yeah, that was kind of the standout for me there. Chewy Chewy Tail Edgy Four got a huge pop in our theater when oh, Mordor really? showed up on screen and he had oh. the dreadlocks huge pop like i was surprised i was like damn man like not only is everyone hyped for you know his return but it's the fact that we haven't seen him since doctor strange so to get a character that people do recognize and remember and it's chewy to edgy for man uh mm -hmm. you're bringing him back in head to head with doctor strange and yeah that one got a big pop when we were watching it but yeah. one thing we actually just learned recently we just assumed Michael Giacchino was going yeah. to return to do the score for yeah. Multiverse of Madness. We know he just did Spider-Man. Uh, far, far, mm -hmm. Look, look, I almost did it. Uh, no way no. home. He almost did it. No way home. Did it. Almost did it. Ooh. You can't take a drink. And yeah, I'm, I'm all out. And he's doing the Thor Love and Thunder. But we just assumed, oh, they're just going to make Giacchino do it. Yeah, I just, for some reason, I like, we know that Sam Raimi has that relationship with Danny Elfman. But I don't know why. We just, for some reason, oh. just not click that together. And Danny Elfman is going to be doing the score for Multiverse oh, of Madness perfect. with Sam oh, Raimi. Perfect. Once oh, again. Yeah. Which, so. which I, I absolutely have no problem with that whatsoever. Oh, that's fantastic. I, can, I can tell you. I, I can tell you why Giacchino uh, did not come back for this one. It involves a certain DC character. Ah. Uh, oh, shit, because he's doing the Batman? Yeah. Oh. He's doing Batman. Because he's, he's doing Batman. The thing is that both of those movies, Doctor Strange and Batman, they were supposed to come out within three weeks of each other. They, they, uh, Marvel, Marvel has never wavered away from DC. They've only done it once, and the only time you move away from DC is when a Batman movie is coming out. That's so true. yeah, that's yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> so they, that's why they were like, you know what? We'll give you Thor. Here, here you go, Michael. <laughs> that guy, Here's he must Thor. be so busy and exhausted at this point. It was just when someone comes to ask him to do another project, he's like, I'm busy. <laughs> just like, uh, I, I feel can, so bad just, for the guy, but. He's doing Can I just good do like a though. small little independent movie, guys? Can I just yeah. get back to that? <laughs> just like a small indie <laughs> film where I could have like a decent amount of time. Like, you just like, where I could just take a nap. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my God. But Nancy, how about you? What was your standout moment? Uh, well, Vanessa took mine again. No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. Great minds think alike. I know definitely the part with Wanda where she is doing her powers and you kind of see some little, little something going on. Um, I think that was, for me, the, the standout moment. Uh, like I said, I really like I really like Scarlet Witch as a character. So, I, I again, I'm just super excited to kind of see what they do with her in terms of, like, these new powers that she has. Awesome. All right, Andres, how about you, my man? Oh, it just boils down to one moment. Doctor Strange slicing a bus in half with his powers. <laughs> <laughs> Give me this movie right now. Yep, that's it. 
<laughs> I feel like I feel like the moment where like he's doing some sort of spell and like that like octopus squid thing comes out of his hands or what I was like that was the moment I was like oh shit yeah. we're in a completely different realm now it's like this is we're going we're up and from like five to eleven right now I'm so on board but yeah like I think we could all agree we're super excited for the movie and you know we have reached the end of 2021 we've seen a bunch of huge movies Spider Man No Way Home was definitely the last like big big movie to come out and now that the year is coming to a close you know I've asked each of you to pick what your favorite movie of 2021 is we definitely saw a lot of good movies this year that's for sure so it's going to be tough to narrow this one down but we'll start with andres what was your favorite movie of 2021 well for me this is sort of a little bit of a loaded question because there is the question of what do you think is the best movie of 2021 and what is your personal favorite of 2021 if that makes sense there's yeah. a movie like 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 there's always going to be something that you go that is the best thing that has come out all year and this is my personal favorite uh, for me, it, it, it this year is kind of blended really well with each other. I mean, like, I would say probably probably the film I had the most fun with this year was definitely Spider-Man, but we'd be remiss to talk about that all over again. <laughs> right. But personally, personally for me, one one movie that I think... made the I, stipulation, I think... what's your favorite other than Spider-Man? Well, other than Spider-Man, of course. I would actually say the one movie that is my personal, my, my personal, it's the best movie of 2021 so far um is probably Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. Oh for wow. me that okay. is that is absolutely probably my favorite movie that has come out this year so far because a it deals with a storyline told in three different perspectives and the interesting thing about it is how you see how certain moments depending on which character it follows through get a completely different interpretation and how that radically changes like small little moments like the dialogue might be exactly the same but the performance really really redefines what it is and what that actually means for certain characters mm -hmm. so it is a very interesting movie it is a very well shot film i absolutely loved it my first time i saw it in theaters i just got it on 4k it still holds up i i i think i think um ben affleck and matt damon coming together to write another film always always brings out great stuff i love goodwill hunting and them working with a master class director like ridley scott after probably i think one of the most underrated films of the past 20 years which is the kingdom of heaven director's cut which is the kingdom of heaven film by itself it's just an okay film the director's cut mm -hmm. really adds in so many elements that it feels like a radically different film. And I've heard so many people who I've shown the movie to, they're like, all right, fine, we'll watch we'll watch Kingdom of Heaven because you just love it so much. And then they just watch it and they're like, oh, wow, that director's cut really feels like a drastically different movie. And someone like that delving right back into medieval France is, oh, I mean, it, it for me, it just is everything I love about Ridley Scott as a director mm -hmm. and someone who has honed his craft so much so to the point where you can do a film like this it's i mean for me it's it's my favorite film of 2021 hands down awesome all right robert and vanessa what what are your choices Space Jam, a new legacy. Winter, I said winter is coming. Man, I... Home sweet home alone. No. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Oh. 
<laughs> oh. Um, I would say my favorite movie of this year was probably The Last Night in Soho. I really oh, cool. like that movie because, and it was purely per on the fact that they, you thought you knew what the movie was about in the trailers. You're like, oh, well, they just ruined mm -hmm. the, the movie for me in the trailer. But then when you go see the movie, you're like, oh, well, they didn't really ruin it. So that's cool. <laughs> like, it was really, and I just love that, like, the way that it was shot, the music, like, Anya Taylor-Joy did such a good job. It was so yeah, that's probably my favorite Thomas movie. Thomas and McKenzie's. Yeah, Thomas and McKenzie. Right she oh, did a good so job good. as yeah. well. Yeah, it was, it, Edgar Wright did good with that one. <laughs> See, I wanted good. to say I, I wanted to say Ghostbusters Afterlife. Like I oh, really yeah. wanted to so much as a diehard mm -hmm. Ghostbusters fan. Ghostbusters is like you know everything to me, but unfortunately, <laughs> no, Ghostbusters did not make uh, make it as my top film, but. One that did blow me away, and I was actually just really... I was kind of surprised because, like, I knew the story, and I, I just... I, I love the story more after watching it, and I can't wait for part two. But Dune, I, I just had yeah, such a damn go. good time Dude. with Dune. And I can't wait to see where they're going to go with it and the characters. And, you know, I, I just... For some reason, man, I, I even told Vanessa, I was like... This is now my Star Wars. <laughs> like, even though it predates it, even though it predates it, it just felt like grown-up Star Wars, and it's like I, I, I could get You're behind this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting. Uh, granted, there's still Mandalorian and the Disney Plus stuff, but in terms of cinematic film for splendor of Star Wars type material, you know, politics in space, which is a great Kate Miller Heidke song. Look it up. Uh, <laughs> It's just, man, it's like, this is a world I want to get into, and I can't wait to go back to Dune. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree with you on Dune. I mean, Dune, Dune, like, it, b between Spider-Man, Dune, and Last Duel, it's like maybe like a small, small, like little <laughs> hair of the dog on, on the difference between all those three. But yeah, no, Dune absolutely is a fantastic movie. And yes, yeah, I, mean, I know it's called Arrakis, not Dune, for those that are like, <laughs> it's not called Dune. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. My no, I, I can't argue with any of those choices. They're all solid. Nancy, how about you? What was your favorite of 2021? Um, Did Vanessa take I, it? Yeah, yeah, well, I, was gonna say. I, think, I really think the best movie of 2021 is Dune. However, for my favorite, I probably am actually going to go with the Ghostbusters. Only because it had such nice. nostalgia to it, and uh, what I really liked was, you know, we all knew that Egon wasn't going to be in the movie, that he had passed away, and that was going to be incorporated into the plot, but I didn't think they were going to, like, kill him off in the beginning of the movie, which I thought so was an good. interesting way to go go about it, instead of just being like, oh yeah, he died, because he was old. Sure. Um, so mm -hmm. I really liked that they kind of took that twist with it, and just all the nostalgia for it, and, you know, uh, remembering seeing all those movies as a kid, and having all the, you know the car and the firehouse toys and the proton mm -hmm. packs and stuff. Uh, I think it was just enjoyable and a fun movie. Um, you know, I definitely wouldn't say it's the best movie of 2021, but I think it's probably the one I had the most fun watching with a very close second um, of Encanto. I just saw it last night, actually. <sighs> and I, um, I, liked it a lot more than I thought it would. I would. So it's a very, very close second. And mm 
for anyone who knows me very well knows I do not cry during movies and that one almost got me had a little little <laughs> tear starting <laughs> didn't quite make it but you know that's big for me that's big so we don't talk about Bruno is that what it was we don't talk <laughs> yeah. about Bruno oh god yes it's yeah. really good and the music's really good I didn't think I was gonna like you know I'm not really big on when there's a lot of music in a film uh, especially Disney movies but a lot of mm-hmm. them were really good so I was yeah great movies awesome yeah i mean mine is definitely on a different end of the spectrum a movie i didn't expect to love nearly as much as i did and it just kind of came out of i love those movies i don't know about you guys i love those movies that come out of nowhere where they're not even on your radar and then all of a sudden they just like jump up to the top of your list like wow that just blew me away and for me was netflix's the harder they fall there's something about this movie that i love so much it's just it's so creative it's so different it's so it's like paying respect to those old school westerns while also doing something new like the best way i can put it is that it does what i think the great gatsby with leonardo DiCaprio wanted to do with that story but does it way better Mm -hmm. where like it tells like an old school western kind of story with like modern music and more modern kind of filmmaking but it does it in a way where it feels right where in great gatsby just kind of felt like baz lerman was like making a glorified music video of the great gatsby and it was super distracting and like i even tried to give it another chance like years later and i was like i can't i can't i can't i can't do it but um but the harder they fall like just across the board the performances are unreal jonathan majors regina king idris elba lakeith stanfield i mean the list goes on and on and everyone is so good in the movie it's filmed beautifully it's a gorgeous looking movie as a western fan it gave me everything i wanted the story had some cool twists and turns it felt a a little tarantino-esque here and there in terms of the way the violence is filmed and the way it's done in some of the dialogue the dialogue was also really fun and it's a movie that has fun with itself it's not too deadly serious it definitely has its serious moments where it definitely doesn't shy away from being a little bit more dramatic which i loved but it also knows how to smile and have a wink and also like have the audience have fun with it and it was just a movie that flew by didn't want it to end and by the time it ended i was like i need to tell everyone in my general vicinity about this movie it's like you need to watch it you need to watch it you need to watch it and everyone who i've recommended it to has come back saying i love that movie like i did not expect to enjoy it as much as i did you know i'm not really a western guy but i really loved it you know even the guy i work with he's a big western fan and he put it on he's like wow this is so different he's like i don't know how i feel about this music and then like 15 minutes later he's like i dig it <laughs> you know he's like, yeah. I'm on board. i was like yeah just just get acquainted and you'll be fine but for me it was not only one of the biggest surprises of 2021 i would say that movie and Ghostbusters were like the two biggest surprises for me, just in terms of like, went in with pretty low expectations, came out like adoring the movie. I mean, I still think the opening of that Ghostbusters movie is like the best thing Spielberg didn't direct, <laughs> but felt like he directed. <laughs> like it was just like classic Spielberg in the best way possible. And I just adore that movie in general. But yeah, in terms of 2021 movies, that's the one that instantly I think about it, makes me smile, can't recommend it enough. But I think all these choices are fantastic. I think if you check out any of these movies, you will not be disappointed you're gonna love all of them there are a lot of great movies in 2021 and obviously we cannot wait to see what 2020 oh god jesus here we go i think i just short circuited <laughs> all right, Andres, we get it. <laughs> but yeah, we can't wait to see what 2022 has in store. But uh, Robert, Vanessa, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. We had a blast having you. We hope you guys had a good time. And before you go, obviously, let the people know what are you guys up to and where can people find you on social media? 
Show reactions. So many show reactions going on right now for us. We bit off. I wanted to say more than we can chew, but now we're chewing no, it up I, just I, nice. Yeah, I feel like we're doing pretty good. We've got the most we've ever released. We've got the boys going season Alice one. In Borderland, Alice in Borderland just on finished Netflix. Hawkeye. Just finished Hawkeye. <laughs> Book of Boba Fett is coming up. Cobra, Cobra Kai. Kai. One of our top viewed videos, Cobra Kai, is coming back. So late to the party on all the social networking sites. You know where they are. Watch it. Dig it. Awesome, awesome. You heard them, folks. Nancy, how about you? Uh, Well, you can find me at PL underscore Band-Aid on Twitter and Instagram. Obviously, you can find me here on Film on Tap. Also, leave comments. I like comments and replying to them. And you can also find me over with Andres, uh, calling it The Girl and the Ghost. I review Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, where we are reviewing each... Re- we are reviewing the whole series, but each episode is a review of each season. There's four seasons, so we'll be doing that. And then, of course, every once in a while, video chronic quizzes. Uh, sometimes you'll find me on there. And I'm throwing it out there. I am officially going to send in an audition tape for the FCL. Yeah! I'm saying it. it so that I through with it so now that i'm saying it putting it out there now i have to actually now it. you gotta go you got through this it. you got this. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes that, all right all. andres how about you my man but uh, nancy you you absolutely deserve to be in the fcl you're awesome and i'm sure you're gonna do great and come on now <laughs> well in my heart uh nancy's already in the fcl quite a bit right right oh uh, yeah with all of everybody yeah <laughs> but you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Galagos. You can also find me on YouTube on my buddy's high voltage media channel page doing video reviews and retrospectives. And you can also find me on twitch.tv as Galagos209. <laughs> I never, like, I, I always enjoy it. Like, I just, I, I look forward to that every single episode because it's just like, you could tell, like, he's just so exhausted before he even starts. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, and if, if you folks are trying to find me you can find me here on the Film on Tap podcast and you can also find me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook on Facebook Chattel Bash Reviews and Twitter and Instagram uh, Tom Chattel Bash uh, and of course you can also find me uh, at the Real Roots podcast which I just started with my sister which is a bunch of fun where we uh, talk about the movies that shaped our childhoods and the people we are today. We just actually covered the first uh, OG Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire which was super fun and we had a blast with that so you can find me all there and the links to all of our channels and all of our social media handles are in the description for you to enjoy and to follow us on and we will see you for the next episode of film on tap in 2022 where we've got the tap that never runs out until we see you again have a great one guys cheers